Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. This week, we're visiting with Veronica, a dating mindset coach from veronicagrant.com. Thanks so much for being here, Veronica. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, are like, wait a minute, a dating mindset coach. Like, <laughs> I thought this was a health podcast. Like, what does that have to do with our life, with our health? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? So I, I know that you have a fascinating story and have had quite a journey and help people that are, you know, kind of struggling with their mindset mm-hmm. around dating and relationships and all this kind of stuff. Tell me a little bit about how you even got started with this. Yeah, so to you know tell you my story, I really have to go back to you know my high school and college uh, days when I was interested and I was looking for a partner and I was interested in um, guys, and I just really wanted to be in a um, long-term relationship on the path towards marriage, lifelong partnership, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it was not happening for me. And I and I got to a point where I was like pretty desperate about looking for my soulmate husband again, whatever you want to call it. And I and I jokingly refer to myself as the female version of Ted Mosby for your listeners who are familiar with how I met your mother. Um, but I was way more chronically single. So in the show, he had a lot of different relationships. Um, but for me, I couldn't even get into one relationship, even though it was what I wanted more than pretty much anything else at the time. And then, of course, I'm sure um, other women who are listening who are single can definitely relate to this. A lot of your friends start coupling off, getting married, maybe having kids, and you just kind of feel like you're left behind in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really hard time. Yeah, it is. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why am I, you know, and in our, in our practice, we always talk about the essential elements of whole health, and we talk about, you know, thoughts and emotions being like huge, mm-hmm. like part of our overall health. So it's like, you know, you kind of get stuck in these thought patterns yeah. and emotional patterns and the negative thinking begets more negative thinking, right? Oh, yeah. And it kind of leads to, yeah, all this stuff going off the rails. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, like, amen to, to everything you just said, because, yeah, I, that's exactly the thought that was going through my head. Like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get in a relationship when everyone else, it makes, they look, they make it look so easy. Like, what's wrong, what's wrong with me? And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, you know, at the time, actually, what I thought actually was wrong with me was that I was not skinny enough. And I full heartedly believe that. Like I, I I actually believed that if I lost, you know, five to ten more pounds, I would be able to get any relationship and get any guy that I wanted. And so because of that I just had this really, really unhealthy relationship with food. I was counting everything, um, everything that came into my mouth, but I was also counting like um, the steps and the calories and, you know, everything that I could potentially burn. I was, I was counting that. And I actually have this just one memory of, I was sitting in my office at my first job and I had my own office. And so I closed the door cause I was going to a happy hour with some of my friends after work and I wasn't going to have time to exercise, but I had like 300 calories left for the day. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to choose between like two glasses of wine or dinner. Um, or, you know, and so I just remember like running and place in my office to quote unquote earn calories to go to happy hour that night. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just like one thing that just kind of sticks out in my head. 
terms of that's you know, just, tough yeah. because yeah, I mean that's like self punishment and like mm-hmm. putting yourself in a box and you know I know so many of us you know in the nineties or that grew up in the nineties kind of like. You know, we had this, like, calories in, calories out yeah. mindset. Like, now we know, like, oh, it's so much more complex than that. Yeah. It's not really even that at all. And, right. You know, what if we can sort of, like, even step back here and say, like, what we're not even looking at is, you know, a weight issue. We're not even looking at it's always, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Or if I could just lose the weight or learn this skill or start this business or have this person or whatever, I'll be good enough or I'll be worthy enough. Yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, it's not about the five or ten pounds. It's not about the calories. It's about that mindset. So for people who are kind of like going, oh, well, you know, I don't identify with that or whatever, it's like we can see that in other parts of our lives mm-hmm. so many times. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I mean, so uh, really what it became for me was just getting a way to get that worthiness, self-worth, and also just to have some mm-hmm. sense of identity because I, I was also so young and so I didn't really know who I was or what I wanted and or my place in the world and then mm-hmm. how this affected my relationships is you know back then I did you know know about I don't know if I knew it was called law of attraction but I did believe like what you put out into the world is is what you get back like that was definitely a belief of mine then so I'm like okay I'm putting these vibes out that I want to be in a relationship but I'm not getting that back all I'm getting is emotionally unavailable guys and mm-hmm. Um, now I can look back and see exactly what was going on. But then I just I couldn't figure it out because consciously it's like, OK, I want a relationship. I want to meet my husband or my soulmate. Um, and it just wasn't happening. And so now I know looking back, you know, there is um, this this whole thing about like losing five to ten pounds and having like the perfect job and just like looking like a facade. Basically, it was mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. It, it, it was exactly a facade. And there was really nothing on the inside. And so even though consciously I wanted a intimate partnership relationship um, on the inside, like subconsciously, there was actually really nothing there um, because, you know, there was no confidence or self-worth or self, you know, identity or anything like that. And so, right. It was like that conflicting yeah. message. So, yeah, exactly. like because with, you know, law of attraction, with manifesting, with, you know, universal energy, it, it is absolutely true mm-hmm. what we're putting out there, we're getting back. But so many people make the mistake of thinking that what we put out with our conscious minds, you know, thinking about that relationship, mm-hmm. thinking about that job or that move or the, the monetary abundance or whatever, like thinking about it is going to bring it to you. And it's really like your your vibration and your resonance. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really coming from your subconscious, yeah. Yeah. you know, and we can't like make our subconscious think something that's our conscious mind. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like what we're really resonating with at our core, and so much of that has to do with, like, belief systems mm-hmm. and, and old belief systems that were ingrained in us from, mm-hmm. you know, very young yeah. of being worthy, being good enough, being, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about shifting those internal beliefs rather than just, oh, I'm going to focus on this and, and it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for me to start attracting you know, a relationship which essentially had emotional substance, I basically had to have emotional substance with the relationship that I had with myself. Because at this point, my relationship with myself was 
how many calories did you eat? Like, how much do you weigh? Um, how much money are you making? Um, how many social events do you have on your calendar? Like, it was all like this more masculine, like things you could actually measure with a chart mm-hmm. or a graph. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what I it. Yeah. And what I really needed to tap into was um, kind of like, you know, I don't know if your audience is familiar with feminine masculine energy, but more of like the feminine side of things that aren't necessarily you know, that can't be measured, but it just puts you into a state of like a certain energy, a certain flow. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that allowing yeah. that openness, yeah. like that's more of a feminine energy yeah. where a masculine energy is more like structured and like making mm-hmm. things happen and whatever. And we all need a balance of yeah. both, yes, absolutely. but typically we identify with one more than the other. And yeah. it's really important in relationships to have a polarity. So, yeah. you know, in a typical, you know, um, situation where you're going to have a male-female partnership, you typically want one more feminine energy and one more masculine energy for that to really work well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, with yeah, within the relationship, you know, you want um, masculine-feminine balance. But then with e- within each person, you know, because, like, you need masculinity to move forward, but then femininity mm-hmm. within that base of the structure of masculinity is where a lot of the magic happens, whether it's in the relationship, in health, in businesses, whatever. Um, So, yeah, completely agree. And we live in a a mass or a society that favors the masculine side, Mm -hmm. right? Like we don't, we don't live in a society where people value decisions based on emotion or what your gut says, you know, it's all about like, what do the numbers say? Like, what does, what's logical? Um, and again, time and place for that. But I think, like we were just saying before, balance is, in my mind at least, more ideal. And so, you know, really for me. Well, you need that. Yeah, yeah you need the yin and the yang. You need oh. the, I mean, everybody in the world, we're not just talking about in relationships or whatever. It's really like just all the energy. You need that yin mm-hmm. and yang. I mean, that's why we have that. And so mm-hmm. it's really important. And um, it is it is a misunderstood concept. And I do think that a lot of people, you know, I mean, I've definitely been in that boat, too, where I sort of misunderstood um, what that feminine energy was. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, being girly or wearing pink or dresses or whatever, like, you know, that kind of thing, thinking of that as feminine rather than the creativity and the allowing and Mm -hmm. the, you know, that kind of like flow versus the structure yeah and um so there's some really interesting you know books on this topic and whatever what do you have any resources that have been really good for you understanding this concept not off the top of my head I know I can't think of one either I know that I've (laughs) a lot of actually a lot of where I learned masculine feminine energy I'm also a yoga teacher and so I learned a lot of it from the yoga world um Mm. you know there's like yin yoga and then like the yang style so I kind of picked it up from that and, and really yoga was part of my healing process. Um, so that's where I picked a lot of stuff up to get a little bit in a different perspective of masculine femininity, especially as it relates to relationships. Um, I'm a huge fan of Alison Armstrong. Mm-hmm. She's got a website and a blog and all that fun stuff, but she has one book in particular that's called the queen's code. And that's a little different than what we're talking about. It's talking, she talks about in that book more about, um, emasculating men, um, which I don't claim to be an expert in, you know, that because she goes really deep into that. But it does still tie into, you know, respecting boundaries and masculine boundaries, feminine boundaries, and kind of how the two interplay with each other in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I'll put a link to that on the show notes. Um, For anybody listening, I know so many people multitask, but we put links to everything that we talk about on the show notes at realfoodwholehealth.com. You just go under podcasts, under episodes, click on this episode, and you'll find links to everything that we talk about. You know, I know one of the earlier books was, of course, John Gray's work. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And, yeah, I know there was, you know, a lot of work around that. And I haven't heard of that one. And actually another book that comes to mind, it's not so much about masculine and feminine energy, but it's more about the different feminine archetypes so that you can find a way to be feminine without being, quote, unquote, girly, is um, goddesses or the goddess in every woman. Mm. Um, And the name of the author of that book is slipping my mind. But she – I don't have the book in front of me either, but she talks about, um, she looks at actually the Greek goddesses and there's a similar book called Awakening Shakti, which is looking at some of the goddesses from the, the yoga world and Eastern religions and Eastern philosophies. Mm-hmm. And neither, neither one of these are books about like, you know, worshiping the goddesses or anything like that. It's just a matter of like, it's, it's more of like a study to look at the different archetypes. Um, mm-hmm. And how that shows up in us and how we present yeah. ourselves yeah. in the world. Yeah. Exactly. So Awakening Shakti is a little bit more, I I don't want to say out there, but it's just, you know, it comes from Eastern philosophy. So sometimes it's harder to wrap our heads around. I thought Mm -hmm. that look at the Greek goddesses, because that is really the birthplace of Western philosophy and civilization. It's very, very identifiable. Um, And, you know, and really that probably is the basis also of Western psychology. So it's just Mm -hmm. very easy to relate. To. So I highly recommend that book if, you know, some of your listeners are wanting to kind of tap into femininity um, without being, quote unquote, girly um, and just exploring more, more what it means to be feminine. Yeah, and because I think that's important to make sure that we've, you know, kind of done the work ourselves mm-hmm. and, and, you know, looked at what that even means. And, you know, like we talked about, that's not really something that we learn mm-hmm. growing up, and it's not really conforming somebody to one way of being. Right, right. You know, I think that's that's the bis- big misconception is the girliness or, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a quote-unquote tomboy or whatever, you know, that it's not the same. And it's that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. So I think the books are really helpful for that. But I think having that understanding and expression of yourself, because it really is about getting yourself in a great place that so that you can attract the person that you want to be with. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of work with that, right? I think one of the things that you talk about is like sort of dating yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So dating yourself is really the um, tip of the iceberg and what I really help women do, which is design a lifestyle um, around the type of relationship that you want to attract into your life. So a lot of times women are, oh, well, you know, man, a man is not a plan or whatever, but we act, um, we operate under that belief. So we don't buy a house or we don't get a car or we don't buy a dog or we want to wait till we move to the place that we really want to live in. And once we find our man, but then you're not really living um, for yourself or, you know, with intention or really just um, you're not really treating yourself the way you want to be treated because you're not living the lifestyle that you want. And so dating yourself just really helps you to open up that door of figuring out how do you want to feel in your relationship? What little things that can you do every single day that make you feel like that for yourself? And so how does that affect how you approach your work, how you approach how you take care of yourself, how you approach your self-care? Even how you approach your money and finances, um, all of those things, so you're intentionally building this big, full life. And 
and then a relationship just adds to that rather than just like having um you know a big void and waiting for a relationship to fill that void yeah that's so true and you know that fulfilling life is going to affect everything we do Mm -hmm. that filters down into our health that filters down into our work Mm -hmm. that filters down into our friendships it's not just the romantic relationship it's really a full picture and you know we talk all about whole health the holistic view this is a very holistic way Mm -hmm. to view having a relationship because it's not about oh, I have to have this person to complete me or whatever. It's I am complete in and of myself. I'm enough in myself. And this just adds to that lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's what I was really operating under was, you know, I first I need to lose these five to ten pounds. And then, you know, once I meet my guy, then, you know, everything else will fall into place. And I even, you know, to be perfectly honest, when I got into the relationship that I got into and that I'm still into now, um, and that was three years ago almost, um, and even being in that relationship was a little bit, or I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot of a learning experience because I I still did have that mindset of like, oh, okay, like, um, you know, things are going to start falling into place. Things will be easier. Like I can figure out other stuff easier, like my job or my business or things like that. And, um, and, and, I definitely had it was a learning curve for sure um because mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just not the case like a, a man isn't a plan a man doesn't create um the stability or security that we that we think we or that we want um you know and we think that a man or a relationship will provide that but it's just not um it's just not really true and operating under that just creates toxic relationships dependent relationships and so if you can create that for yourself whether it's love security um happiness fun, joy, whatever you want in your relationship and do that for yourself. Um, you're going to, it's just getting into the relationship and moving into that point where it's like a longer term relationship is going to be so much easier. Um, and plus like even before you get to that point, you're just going to be a really great catch. Um, because that's right. really attractive. Because you're not <laughs> it's very attractive. Uh-huh. Because you're not looking outside of yourself. Yeah. You know, you're a whole person in and of yourself. That doesn't mean that there's not room in your life for different relationships, different friendships, different growth, different, you know, we're always growing and evolving and there's always new experiences to be had, but to be full in of yourself and in love with yourself and understand, you know, maybe you don't have everything figured out about, you know, what you want in life and whatever, because again, it grows and evolves and changes, but to have that looking internally and, you know, depending on yourself for happiness and fulfillment and whatever, and not only looking outside of yourself for that is really important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because then that's very disempowering. If you're looking outside of yourself all the time to be fulfilled, you know, I mean, this is that's kind of how addictions come about, right? Like we're not full up in ourselves. We look to, you know, that, that food or that substance or the shopping or the possessions or whatever to fill us up. Yeah. And relationships and men can be an addiction too. I mean, I've had clients who are addicted either to a particular person or just addicted to being in a relationship and they literally can't be um, by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing I wanted to point out that you mentioned um, a little bit earlier about creating a full life that's not about just being busy because I find that being busy is often an excuse oh well, I'm too busy to, to date or busy for a man and that's usually just something that we hide behind because we don't actually want to face 
the reality that, oh, well, I do want to meet somebody, so I do need to date, but that's really scary. I have to be vulnerable, put myself out there. So just instead, we just say we're busy. So creating oh, totally. a, a full life for yourself isn't about just making yourself busy. It's about doing things with intention. Um, yeah, mindfulness. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I hear that a lot with families, you know, I'm working with, we're changing their diet, we're changing their lifestyle, whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, mom, dad, and kids, or whether it's one person, whatever, it's like, oh, I'm too busy to do that. Like, I can't, you know, it's like, it is an excuse. It's a barrier to yeah. go, yeah, I can't deal with that. Yeah. And it's really about stretching ourselves a little bit out of our comfort zone to say, you know, where can I grow here? What can I learn here? What can I include? How can I be mindful with what I'm going to put into my life? How can that serve me rather than one more thing on the to-do list? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know part of your growth and your journey was a lot of traveling. Yeah, so it's interesting because I was probably 22 to 24. And when I was traveling, I didn't really have that security, actually, that we were talking about before. Like I, you know, my when you live abroad in the expat community, people come in and out, you know, every three months, I felt like every three months, I had a new group of friends because I was there, quote, unquote, long term, which was for almost two years. And, so, and where were you at this point? Was this Syria? or? Yeah, I was living abroad in the Middle East. I kind of hopped around a little bit. I was in Israel, and I was in a little in the West Bank, and then I was in Syria, and then I traveled all around the region. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> How did you pick the Middle East? How did that come up? Um, well, actually, I was originally um, a Middle East studies major in college, and I was getting my master's over there. Um, oh, interesting. In Middle East politics. I did that for a few years after grad school, and then I was like, eh. I love it, but it's not my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was really I'm just sure like, somehow it informs what you do. Yeah, but. it was really <laughs> just the experience of, of being abroad. And I'm, I'm really glad I had the experience and learned and I lived abroad because I think that has just, um, I mean, it, I mean, I really think of my life as before when I lived abroad and then after when I lived abroad, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, travel enriches you in so many, yeah. it breaks you open. It, it lets you see that so many people, despite, apparent differences are really Mm -hmm. in the core so the same yeah and it just you know i i love a quote that it's um travel is the only thing that you buy that makes you richer Mm. and i think it's so very true like it just informs you so much so that's really cool and uh syria i I know tanzania i saw yeah later that was yeah i'm like i'm a globetrotter i love traveling i so tanzania i went there in 2000 let's see, 13. My little sister actually was living there. Um, She did the Peace Corps. And so Mm -hmm. I just, um, you know, of course, if I had the opportunity, I had to go visit her. And we went to her village. And it was just a neat experience. Because like, let's be honest, I will probably never go to that remote of an African village like ever again in my life. Because, you know, it's just, it's not my career path. And um, plus, you really have like know where you're going and what you're doing i mean this was a very very remote village in tanzania it was like we went on a seven hour bus ride from dar es salaam which is the capital half of it was on a dirt road and then we get to the small town after seven hours and we have a 45 minute motorcycle ride like in this other like dirt path so we're like literally i mean we're talking literally in the middle of nowhere (laughs) that's amazing i mean talk about culture shock and just really being like open and vulnerable to like experience yeah. new things because I mean, that's where you are. We're not talking like a long weekend to Chicago, you know, <laughs> that you, you know, it's like which is fun too. Place. But yeah, it's totally, I mean, I had never been to a place like that. I mean, these people like, 
Um, I mean, they've seen cars, but in terms of, like, other electronics and, like, they've never seen an airplane. Um, and what's interesting, actually, when I was there, it was when President Obama was visiting Tanzania, and the whole village knew about it but was really excited. But what's interesting is if Obama were to walk through the village, they would have no idea that that was him, that was Obama, mm-hmm. because they, they don't have newspapers or TVs. They only have the radio. Um mm. And so it was just so fascinating to me that they were so obsessed and they're like, oh, my gosh, she's from America. Like, Obama, do you know Obama? Um, Obama's coming to Tanzania. <laughs> <We're close> personal <laughs> friends. And it's like they, they wouldn't even recognize him if, if he was sitting next to them, which I just like blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And it's those experiences that I'm telling you, like you come back and you're just like, wow, this is just a whole different thing. But yeah. like I said, at the core, you can communicate and connect with people regardless of their situations because at our core, we're so much the same. Yeah. People want the same things. They want their you know, families and loved ones to be happy and healthy, and they want to have purpose in their lives, and they want to be healthy and experience beauty and you know, all of these things. And it's like you can really connect deeply over that, and it fills you up. Yeah, definitely. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great trip, and I still try to do um, at least one trip every year, two years, just depending on, you know, what's going on. Um, I'm actually leaving for Portugal tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. Oh, <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. That would be lovely. That's on my list. Yeah. I went last year um, with my boyfriend's family, and it was really, really nice, so I'm excited to go back. So it really is like this whole transition to... You know, I mean, I can even just tell, like, just when we're talking, like, the energy before, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were counting these calories and doing all these things, and it was so constrictive, and now it's so expansive and open. I mean, it's really a different feeling. Yeah, Yeah, and it's like when you get into that space is when you can start attracting, you know, the right relationships, and, and, you know, again, like I said, looking back, it's so obvious to me why I was attracting emotionally unavailable men was because I was... There was nothing there. It was like constructing my my identity, my self worth to a number, whether it's number of number on a scale. But then once I just started opening myself up to new experiences, letting food be something to enjoy rather than to count, rather and letting um, exercise be really more about moving my body. Um, you know, I I still I run a lot, and I don't even run with. Um, my running app anymore and I used to like you know look at the charts and see how my what my miles per hour and steps and whatever all that stuff and it's just I just it was driving me crazy so now I just I still run because it's I mean obviously it's good for you to exercise and to move your body but I don't count anything I don't count the miles I just you know like okay I've got 45 minutes to run cool I've got 20 minutes to run today cool and before I'd feel really guilty if I was only running for 20 minutes instead of an hour or only running Mm -hmm. three miles instead of six miles and so it's just really about just being and experiencing and being Being in the moment living fully I mean you know that kind of like monitoring and it's stressful and Mm -hmm. that stress affects our health so much. Oh yeah. (laughs) And our mindset. And so that's going to, you know, that's going to filter down to everything we do. That's going to filter down to our interactions with other people. That's going to affect, of course, any romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. So it really is about getting yourself in a great place first. And, you know, this is kind of the thing with all the manifesting, right? Like you always hear like, you have to believe as if it's already here and act as if it's already here. You mm-hmm. have to have the faith before you have the evidence that it's here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I and that's that. kind of a trick because mm-hmm. we don't, 
that's not what we are trained to do. We're trained to look for evidence and then believe it or yeah. get the the relationship and then take advantage of, you know, the benefits mm-hmm. and whatever. And it, it's kind of not like that. As yeah. Well. well, the thing is, is, you know, this is, I, I wholeheartedly agree. But like, I, I also say that um, a lot of times we do, re- we don't realize it, but we actually are looking for um, evidence to support a belief. So, um, and the belief can be good or bad. So, really a really common thing that I hear from the women in my community is, um, oh, well, the city I live in, you know, sucks for dating or all the guys here suck or whatever, you know. And first of all, I, w- I say that every single person I've ever met from different cities have all said that. So I'm just kind of curious, okay, then where is good for dating? So that's the first thing I'll say. But the sudden, second thing is that they do look for evidence to support their belief. And I'm like, okay, if you can do that, for this negative belief, because then you're just basically creating your reality because you're going to just see everything that supports your belief that your city sucks for dating. You know, that's just how you're, that's what you're going to operate under. And then what if you change that belief and say, my city is great for dating. There's so many great men here. There's so many opportunities. There's so much, you know, industry or jobs here that, or the hobbies people like to do here brings interesting, smart people, whatever it is. And then start looking for, evidence to support that belief, you know, right. and what will change. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. what was it? I know you were moving towards, you know, the healthier habits and, and you kind of had this switch that flipped, but mm-hmm. do you remember like a, a moment or something that happened or how did you make that switch? You know, because we yes. talked about the switch, but like, how did you go from A to B? Yes. So for me, I had a uh, job where I, I, this is before Stevie and all that stuff, but I had a job where I was working um, probably over 100 hours a week. I mean, literally from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. It was my life. Um, and because that job was so stressful and time-consuming, I was off of my regular diet, exercise regimen. I was pretty much on just survival mode at that point. Yeah. So on the inside... I was just exhausted and tired and depleted. And I just felt, I just felt unhealthy. Like I was eating fast food and, you know, just gross stuff. Not, not good. And, but at the same time though, I was also on top of the world because I was getting a lot of recognition for my job. I was doing a really, really good job and I was getting national recognition for where I was working. And time then that I was able to see like or able to feel confidence um, and that I was actually really good at something and that I was smart and that I was worthy. The job ended and I still had that confidence from, you know, accomplishing so much in my time at that at that particular job. I was also exhausted and so tired, um, like physically, just from how I had not been really taking care of myself for the past year. Yeah, burnt out. Yeah, completely burnt out. And the last thing that I wanted to do was to go back and count calories because that just seemed exhausting to me. (laughs) And (laughs) so at the same time, I had a couple of friends who were vegans. And I'm not a vegan now, and I don't necessarily – I don't advocate a vegan diet um, unless it's something something someone wants to do, but whatever you know, you teach their own. But at the time, what I was really drawn to, why I was drawn to veganism, and especially through these two friends, um, was their relationship with food. Um, they wanted to take pictures all the time and put it on Instagram of, 
the food they were eating. Um, and it looked really good. And it did taste good because I had, I had some of their food. And they just loved eating food. They loved talking about food. They loved how it made them feel. And it made them look great. Like their skin was flawless. <laughs> and they're nourishing themselves. Yeah. They're eating whole foods. Exactly. They're not eating junk food they're you know with yeah. beautiful food they're eating mindfully yeah. they're taking pictures of it you know I mean yeah. that's a whole different energy than I'm just going to grab fast food and shove it in my face exactly exactly yeah. and so for me I just associated that with being vegan and not just like you know being a mindful eater so I was like well I need to be vegan too so I can have that relationship with food mm-hmm. and and so I did become a vegan and I was a vegan for probably close to two years And during that time was when I really started to heal my relationship with food. And it was the first time where I loved eating and I loved thinking about food and I loved talking about food. And I took my pictures of food and put them on Instagram and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Um, And it was it was amazing. It was really veganism allowed me to take that, you know, that next step into my journey towards towards healing um, from, you know, my relationship with food and, and my and my body. And it can act as a fabulous detox. You know, we've shared before on the podcast that Matt and I were raw vegan for a time because, you know, I, we were kind of standard American diet, like maybe like a little bit better trying to do organic Mm -hmm. and whatever at home, but, you know, really pretty much standard American diet. And like, we got some food allergy test results back for me and it was like everything under the sun, gluten and dairy and soy and turmeric and I mean, all kinds of weird stuff. And it was like, yeah, leaky gut, you know, does weird things. So it was like, you know, the information that was out there, you know, predominantly was go vegan because at that time, this was seven or eight years ago, that Mm -hmm. was like the difference, you know, it was either stand American diet or that, like people weren't really talking about paleo or real food or whatever. Like it was just sort of like go to vegan. And when you would go to the health food stores, like that's what it was. So we did that and it, you know, at first it went really well because it was sort of a detox and we did like look at doing organic and look at, you know, providing food in their most natural states and whatever. We weren't getting enough nutrition to rebuild. I wasn't getting enough good fat and protein and all these things to rebuild Mm -hmm. my body from the chronic illness. And, and, you know, now that I know a lot more about nutrition, you know, at that time I didn't, you know, I know that. For most people, they need more than what that can provide, mm-hmm. but it is about that relationship, yeah. and it is about, honestly, real food. Yeah, exactly, and and so what happened with me is, you know, I was, I was a vegan, and um, one thing that my listeners will laugh at me about is that I always talk about my love for sushi, and when I was a vegan, the number one thing I missed was sushi. And I know you can have avocado rolls or, or whatever, but it's just not the same as spicy tuna and or anything like that. And I remember sitting at a sushi restaurant with my boyfriend and my mom and I was ordered all the vegetarian or the vegan um, sushi. And I was just like, oh man, I really want the spicy tuna. It's my favorite. And I, and I was like, found myself having this like internal turmoil over myself like mm-hmm. well, maybe I should just eat it this once and it'll be like a cheat and then like I'll get it out of my system but then I was like oh my gosh like this just sounds like the exact type of conversation I used to have with myself about calories mm-hmm. and that's so mindful yeah. that's really smart yeah. yeah and then that's when I realized like okay veganism like had ran its course and it did it served its purpose with me like it brought me back to you know it served me as, as like the bridge to get to a healthy relationship with food but now I can let it go because now it's just like be turning into something else for me to obsess over. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, 
I'm not a vegan anymore. And I had a spicy tuna um, roll, and it was amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, it was probably the best spicy tuna roll you ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I just eat, you know, based on what feels really, um, really good for me and what, mm-hmm. you know, what's, how am I feeling? Like, do I want something more, like, light and dry? Do I want something more heavy? Like, just what's going on? What's the weather like? What's my body feeling like? What do I have to do today? Um, and that helps to drive, you know. I'm, I'm literally like treating myself the way I want to be treated. Like if I'm already feeling, you know, heavy and right. gross, then I'm not going to like probably eat like a bowl of chili. But if I, you know, want to feel like a little bit more warm and cozy, then that might be a really good idea. And I'm just completely in tune with what I'm feeling and what will support me and how I want to feel. Right. I mean, if you've been working in the yard all day in the middle of August, you don't really want to come in for a hot bowl of spicy chili. <laughs> like that just that doesn't really sound good to anybody, you know. And if you've been outside shoveling snow, you really don't want to come in for a smoothie right. or something. Yeah. So it really is about being intuitive with that and mm-hmm. listening to your body and the cues and just, again, being mindful around food. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, so many people have this experience or will have this experience as they transform their lives. And again, it can be applied to other things than food, but it's like we talk a lot about this pendulum swing where in the beginning it's like, you know, maybe you're all the way over on standard American diet and then you go all the way over to this very restrictive, you know, vegan, raw, vegan, whatever diet Mm -hmm. or hardcore paleo or hardcore hardcore anything, right? And then it's sort of like over time, you swing back maybe a little bit more one way or the other, Mm -hmm. and then it sort of settles in the middle with balance, where it's like, okay, what feels good to me? What's serving my body now? And there's a time and a season. You know, I know in in spring, you know, and not just seasonal seasons, but seasons of our lives, but it's like... Mm -hmm. In spring, when I want that refreshing and whatever, like I can't wait for the new greens to come up and you're just craving that freshness and green and raw and all of that. And then in the winter, you want more of the nourishing and the hearty and the fortifying things. And it's really like I noticed the same thing, like when I'm feeling a little heavier emotionally or a little whatever, sometimes that is when I want the lighter Mm -hmm. food. And then when I'm feeling really like, okay, la-di-da, like just breezy, whatever, like I want food that matches that. It's really interesting to see how that ripples throughout your life. And I think that that's really getting to a point of health and not just with food, but Mm -hmm. emotional health and, and physical health. You know, you're listening to the body cues and, and you're really not restricting, not using anything as a crutch. Yeah. And that's important. Absolutely. And I can tell when I, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect and I will never be perfect. But I can totally tell when listening to my body, when I'm straying off of my self-care and the way that I know that will eat or that will, that I can eat that will nourish me, um, I can totally sense that in my relationship with Stevie. And so it, what it does, which is so amazing, is that it reduces so many fights. Um, because instead of just blaming him for how I feel or how I'm not feeling, if I want to feel a certain way, I can nine times out of ten turn it on myself and be like, okay, wow, I'm not taking care of myself. Um, yeah. No wonder why I feel like crap and no wonder why I want to be crabby with Stevie. And so it's right. not his fault. He doesn't need to do anything. I just need to get my butt to get my button gear and, you know, get my stuff together and, um, you know, take care of myself, like make a nice salad if that's what I want, you know, go for a walk, um, take a nap or do a yoga practice, you know, if I've been working too much, whatever. Um, and it's just, it's just been amazing for a relationship. And the same thing goes for him too. Like he, 
when he's taking better care of himself, like he's much better to me. And it's just overall, it's just a happier, healthier relationship. Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, that is one huge thing that, you know, I notice with my clients and with people that are, are changing their lifestyle on any level mm-hmm. is that, you know, when you're putting the good in, you're getting the good out. Yeah. And when things are all a mess, you know, it's usually not just one thing. It's not like, oh, I ate this one thing I shouldn't have eaten. Mm-hmm. And so now it's a mess. It's like, well, actually, I've been kind of falling off the wagon for a, a few days or whatever. Yeah. And I've had all these things I shouldn't have. I haven't been sleeping. You know, I had this like upsetting thing happen and I haven't processed it yet or whatever. Like it's usually like kind of everything blows up at once Mm -hmm. and then you're a crab and nobody wants to be around. I can absolutely see that, you know, you want that, that balance and that mood stability Mm -hmm. and all of that. And of course that's going to make you a better partner and more fun to be around. Right. Yeah. 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 And again, romantic relationships or, you know, non-romantic coworker relationships. I mean, imagine if you're being crabby at the office or, relationship yeah, with your parents. Yeah, parents, kids, friends, neighbors. I mean, you know, what I teach is in the context of dating and relationships, but it benefits relationships across the board. Absolutely. And that's so important to our health, having that, you know, that relationship, the connection with other people, the mm-hmm. supportive community and, and being a, a part of that, a fully, you know, functioning, healthy part of that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one reason I really wanted to talk to you today, because, you know, it's not so much about, you know, so many of us look through the lens of, okay, it's dating and it's this and it's that. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's an important thing. And that's an important problem that some people are experiencing. But really, it applies so much to everything across the board yeah. on really just kind of getting our stuff together and yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, living a happy, healthy, well-rounded life. Yeah. 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 Um, because, you know, dating isn't about the games or, you know, I, I could probably figure out how to win the dating game, but if you're not happy with yourself and if it's not the right person for you, like who cares if you get date number two? or three, or if it turns into a relationship. And, you know, I'm sure there's other dating coaches that focus more on the the dating game and what's the text and what not to text and all that stuff. But, you know, I, you know, just like what we've been talking about, I'm just really more about the mindset. I think if you can be, create an intentional life and, you know, have a really strong connection with your intuition and what your body's telling you, then I think all the other things just fall into place. Yes. Yes. And that's (laughs) going to be, what sustains you over the long term, that's mm-hmm. going to be a relationship that can fill you up. And, yeah. that, you know, there's give and take and that that's somebody that you want to build a life with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This has just been great. And again, for those listening, I will have links to everything we've talked about and how to get in touch with Veronica <laughs> on our show notes at realfoodwholehealth.com. If you'll go under podcasts and go under episodes, just click this episode and you'll find all the links there. Veronica, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.